Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. It's good. Hanging in there, doing doing your dailies in Fire Emblem Heroes and, and having fun there, or, or what, what have you. What have you, indeed. Pre- pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, we do have a new banner to discuss this week. And uh, before we get into that, here are the banners that are... We're just going to roll right into it. Like, we got lots to talk about this week. Unlike previous weeks where we can kind of hang around and and chat. Um, Weekly Revival Banner 13 is running right now. Double Special Heroes until the 26th. Treat Fiends until the 31st. Not Treat Friends. Treat Fiends. I kept reading that as Friends and I'm like, that's delightful. But no. Treat Fiends until the 31st. Heroes with Tactic Skills until the 2nd of November, Goddesses Servants until the 5th, and Dragon's Harvest until the 7th. Now, uh, we briefly teased a new Heroes banner last week. We have the heroes in our hands now, maybe, possibly, we'll find out. But before that, like, summoning. How did it go, Eddie? How did your luck bestow you this week? Well, of course I dove in. It is me, after all. And I managed to get slain early on. Uh, sorry, fall fairly quickly by a five-star Seteth. Uh, after that, I did have a bit of a rough go with it. Uh, ended up getting an Idun sandwich with Garrick bread. Uh, until I finally hit the 40 summons and grabbed Shamir with the free summon. Uh, and I found out that the last Garrick was close enough that I didn't have any pity rates. So Catherine will just have to sit with Marita in the red pool waiting for a random drop for her. There you go. Not too shabby. Uh, it's, uh, and you know, this banner is kind of weird. You know, it's our first three houses in, in, in a little bit, but it's more three houses, which is nice. Um, but I personally wasn't too sure what I wanted to do, but I thought, ah, you know, spark system, we'll, we'll see how things roll. But I ended up getting Shamir like right away without really trying um, and then I was like, oh, you know what, let's, let's go a little further, see if we can make it to the spark. And we've got the forging bond tickets, which certainly helps. Um, so then I got mm-hmm. flame, uh, on my journey and I'm, and I'm still, as of right now, I'm still working towards, uh, my 40 summons. I think I'm about just over halfway there. Okay. But yeah, I've got, uh, two heroes waiting the wings to be leveled up and used. I have not had a chance to use them yet. Um, Flane is a a character that I had I briefly interacted with, and then promptly murdered um, in my playthrough. So uh, yes, you did go uh, the route that has you murder everyone but Shamir in this banner. Yeah, Shamir was already on my team. She was pretty easy <laughs> easy to turn, mm. but the rest of the folks on this banner, eh, not so much. They all, uh, you know, they all have strong ties to Rhea and the church and. Since the Crimson Flower route goes against them, Shamir is less, you know, dead set, oh, I must follow the church type situation. She's working there because it works for her. Exactly. Kind of thing. We'll dive a little bit deeper into all these characters in just a little bit, but I, I think from a summoning perspective, it's it's been a it's been a nice treat to to get an early on sort of five star and then get another one. So I'm I'm thinking like I'll go to the spark. I'm kind of leaning more towards Catherine than I am Seth. Obviously, Seth being the four star it might be easier just to get him 
on the way, but uh, this might be the first like New Heroes banner I, uh, well, actually the the Brave Heroes I I completely I completely got all four, so I don't know. I don't know what yeah. I'm trying to say. I mean, both Catherine and Sedith are um, unimpressive, but with Sedith being the four star after this banner ends, he's going to the three to four star pools if you don't pool if you don't get him in, in during this. So it's not like you'll have trouble getting him eventually. Yeah, not too worried so. about Sedith. I mean, he was he had his the fun I had with him was not at all, like, in in Three Houses, was not at all related to his abilities on the battlefield. It was more just the way he would talk and chastise. Like, the meme that he spawned <laughs> out of that game was uh, my favorite part about that character. Um, True. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, but what, uh, what what's going on this week in the game that we have to look forward to? We have a voting gauntlet on its way with the login bonus starting on the 25th. A fiery... Uh, bound hero battle with where Hubert better watch himself uh, with Burn Adetta. <laughs> oh, I guess you just misspelled it. It's actually Burn Adetta. No, no, Regular. I spelled E-E-R. that absolutely correctly. I can't believe I put Burn Adetta. You know what? She's a pyromaniac now. I've just uh, what do they call it? I've oh. um, fanficked it in. Yes, uh, after. Uh, that fiery bound hero battle. We have a voting gauntlet with uh, that we don't know who's on it. There might be a banner coming with the bonus in a day or two. Uh, but that starts on the 29th. We have the legendary battle and banner also starting on the 29th, uh, as well as clear quests. So I guess quests for clearing missions or something. I don't know exactly. That uh, one could also be a mistake. I don't know. You never know, right? I, I was pulling it up. No, it just says clear quests in the thing. So it's either quests that you can see through or quests to clear certain missions or chains or something. Who knows? Who knows? Well, we'll find out eventually, a.k.a. Uh, on the 30th, on the maybe? 30th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty pretty much a guarantee. Yes. But, uh, yeah, moving into... Our topic, we've got the Goddesses, Servants, the brand new heroes coming at us uh, right now. You can summon them right now. Uh, as introduced last week, the Goddesses, Servants have arrived with Catherine, Flane, Sedeth, and Shamir, a full suite of Three Houses heroes, uh, also including not a Goddesses Servant, but uh, but a man that originally made the Creator Sword cool nemesis. So that's what we got. Not sure if it was considered cool when he originally had it. But. Uh, uh, well, I guess it is was a, f- a fire sword, right? So, well, there's that, and you know, for some reason, when you betray uh, the people who put you in power and go on a killing spree of them, they don't find you very cool. Huh. For some reason, I don't yeah. know why. You know, just no, weird. Them. I think that's a solid argument right there. I think a lot of people would agree with you. He's a wicked so, dude, though. But before we get to, uh, yeah, crazy homicidal guy, uh, we do have Catherine Thunder Knight coming first. <laughs> uh, one of the Knights of Seros at Garamont Monastery and a fiercely loyal to Rhea. She joins Faye as a Red Sword Infantry unit, wielding her sacred relic, Thunder Rare, which grants speed plus three. And if at the start of combat, her foe has 50% or more health, it grants her attack speed plus two, plus five. 
while neutralizing effects that prevent her from doing follow-up attacks. And if she initiated or started the combat, she gets to make her follow-up attacks before the enemy counterattacks. She does not come with any new skills, uh, but does have a Tier 4 version of Swift Sparrow, Draconic Aura, and Lil Speed Defense. Nice. And you were saying Catherine's kind of a, a, a four-star issue, but not I mean, a four-star. I guess the Tier 4 Swift Sparrow is pretty powerful, uh, pretty decent. But it just, I guess, when you look at, like, Flane and uh, Shamir, I think they each have three skills, and aside from, you know, like, uh, uh, they have a weapon, a special, and then three additional skills. She just has four skills. You know, a weapon, a special, and two skills. Hmm. Just felt like her kit... her kit felt kind of empty. Okay. Like they would normally do for a four-star unit. Yeah. You know? I can hear you. I hear you on that. I mean, it's it's really unfortunate when... I mean, we we seem to have this quite a bit where there's a, there's a hero that like, oh, that's the four-star, but then clearly there's a worse-off option. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, that is unfortunate because Catherine's such a, like a, a powerhouse in in the game right and to see her kind of she might be a powerhouse of a character i mean it really i mean with the number of characters in here and random ways to get skills unless it's a brand new skill being added it's hard to really say bit just based on skills they're a four-star unit per se these days mm-hmm. yeah i think she looks great though in terms of her artwork i think it's very very close to what it, what she is in uh in three houses right like her outwork or at work her outfit and her her weapon the so she's got the legendary weapon as well that she wields here but uh i I don't know like i i i kind of see where you're coming from i mean then i look at the art and it's like okay maybe maybe it's well done but it's also it is sort of bland but she is like the stormtrooper of three houses where she's just got like the sort of the white armor with a little bit of flair you know and uh, I, I don't know. It's unfortunate that she's getting the four point five star treatment, right. though. I almost uh, never really judge it based on art or artwork, because you know, not very good artwork to you may be very good to someone else. They like a special weird stylization, well, what I consider a weird stylization or something. So just facing off our work, it's hard to label four or five star. But just in, I mean, one of the little tips indicates she can get like plus 15 attack and like plus 21 speed if you uh, line her up correctly or something. So, Mm -hmm. you know, she can get quite a big boost during her combat. So there you go. Just gut reaction of the trailer. It didn't look that impressive. And it's not the first one that looks has looked kind of unimpressive, but has been far more impressive than you realized once Mm -hmm. you get a hold of it. Well, let's let's see if Flane can can turn us around here with uh, Flane playing innocent. Flane is the younger sister of Seneth, chief aide to the Archbishop of the Church of Saros. She's got a lovably old-fashioned, sophisticated charm about her. As a colorless staff flyer, Flane wields... Cat, catacus staff, catacus. 
Is that right? Yeah, I've always tried to pronounce Caduceus or Caduceus. Caduceus? <laughs> That's I say Caduceus because of critical role, but Caduceus staff, I believe, is how they Caduceus. Oh, know, that's they're... the traditional symbol for medicine. Oh, old days that staff with the two like snakes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In okay, olden olden medicine, I believe it's a Caduceus staff, and that's what she's wielding in theory. You are so wise. I I didn't even know that. Well, I'm I've learned something. Uh, I learned something new. So the sorry the Caduceus staff that uh, calculates damage from staff like other weapons and reduces damage from foes' attacks during combat to allies within two spaces by 30%. She has a few new skills, including her special called Deluge Bomb Plus, that when uh, healing an ally with a staff grants speed slash resistance plus six to all allies for one turn. Also new is her assist skill called Rescue Plus, which restores HP equal to 50% of units' attack, the minimum being eight HP. To the target ally. Unit moves one space away from target ally. Ally moves to unit's previous space, so there's a pullback effect. If unit or ally cannot move to the target space, if another ally or foe is occupying said space, unit and ally will not move. Using this skill has no effect on special cooldown charge, and unit does not gain XP or SP when used. The skill is treated as a movement skill only when movement takes place, so keep that in mind. Rounding out her kit is Dazzling Staff 3 in the B slot and Ground Orders 3 in the C slot. So, uh, Seth's little sister, little sister, uh, is here. Quote in, unquote. Quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, spoil, there's like, there's some spoilers in there. I mean, it's a, uh, I think this, it's been long enough, right? Like, it's been long enough. We could probably just talk about it. If you want, or we can keep it quiet until we actually play through at the beginning of next year. That's true. I guess eventually we will end up discovering through Game and Club at the beginning of 2021. It is eventually, yeah, it is eventually explained in a side st- question or side conversation. So, yeah, well, we will we'll leave it for then. So until then, like, I, I think when you look at this character again, as someone who didn't get much experience with Flane in three houses it's interesting to see her as a pegasus rider um is that her like sort of canon class like i think maybe she was flying honestly in the final battle now that i think about it i can't really remember it was a long time ago and she was definitely leaning more towards healer with her um prestacethlene if i recall correctly does affect healing much more than otherwise Mm -hmm. you know so Side note, I just double-checked, and Caduceus is a traditional symbol of Her- Hermes, featuring two snakes winding around and often winged staff, and is often uh, modern used as a modern symbol of medicine, or as a symbol of medicine. Mm-hmm. So, I was pretty sure that I was right about that. But... Yeah, you got it. You nailed it. Um, I th- And I'm looking yeah. at the staff now, sort of in her artwork, and yeah, it's got the sort of the winding bits with uh, coming off Wing the top staff. there. Yeah, looks yeah. really cool. And uh, she's sort of like dressed in, I guess, her sort of normal school outfit type clothing. So she kind of yeah, fits like, in with the class. So, all, guys. all four of the all four of these units do not change from in the five year gap. Oh, so oh yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. They don't even they they must get older though, right? Or do they do they even do you even notice them? It's not noticeable, huh? You think for Flame they could have some fun there? Five year gap kind of would would make a huge difference right they they kind of are 
indicating and hinting at something by making it be like that. Uh, see? Okay, well, depending on what and route we If nothing take. else, you already suspect there's something weird about her with the fact that she seems to talk about stuff that she's far too young to know about, yet, you know, <laughs> talking about stuff decades behind there, if not hundreds of years behind her, that she should not know about. Oh, well, we're learning so. things all over the place today with Flane, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, the other half of that duo is Seneth, the Saros adherent, the extremely protective, quote-unquote, brother of Flane. Seneth is the right hand of Rhea at the monastery and often has a severe attitude with a very underdeveloped or completely missing sense of humor. He joins Faye as a blue lance flyer in the, in the four-star unit of the banner. He wields the Spear of Assault, which grants speed plus three. And during combat, it grants him attack speed plus four while neutralizing boosts on his foes to those same two stats if he is within two spaces of an ally. Also, uh, it grants any, that ally within two spaces of him attack speed plus four during combat to them. As a four-star unit, he does not have any new skills, but he does come with swap, brazen attack speed, and drive attack. Nice. Good stuff. And this is, as we mentioned earlier, the four-star unit. Uh, a lot of people are uh, stoked about Seth being in the game. Um, wow, he, he's got some... He's got a giant hand there in this one piece of artwork I'm looking at. It's almost like a comic book sort of like, you know, look to him as yeah. he's attacking. Um, you know, we don't play with artwork uh, live. We, we play with the combat animations off for the most part, but it's interesting to look at the way they've added these these characters to the game and uh, yeah. No, I, yeah. I and again, he's he's a flying unit. I do remember him being a flying unit. I do remember yes, that. Yes, he was definitely a flying unit. I think he mostly had an axe, but in the game, anyone could use any weapon, so making him a lance is fine. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? We, we had to get that first um, green archer in there. Uh, not on a horse. <laughs> well, I guess there might be another green archer not on a horse, but 90% of the green archers are already on horses in the game. Hey, man. that's How else are you going to carry a giant green bow? I don't know if they're larger just because they're green. Um, yeah, he, I, I don't know if there's anything really to, to like write home about with this character. I figured he'd be added eventually, but it kind of makes sense for him to be the four star unit. He is, he I is mean, a bit of a wet it's, blanket. It's, it can be argued whether he should have been, a whether people will be happy or upset him being a four star unit because the, I have a question to ask you or whatever the meme that he generated. I'm sure a lot of people will want him and this makes it easier to get him and even plus 10 him but he also does have a weaker kid out the gate yeah you know yeah like the meme Although i don't I, know how much weaker but yeah i don't know uh in terms of the meme like my favorite my favorite and only sort of interaction with the meme was i think someone had done like someone had put together a letter i know there's a bunch of these but someone had put together a letter and it was like set is sending a letter to the professor talking about the fact that they're stuck in the McDonald's ball pit and, yes. and their lunch is ready. And they animate it and they get the voice actor to do the, the, the read. Yes, Mark Whitten had a lot of fun with that and that was amazing. Yeah. He read off a bunch of those memes and 
Yes, someone did animate the one in the McDonald's play place. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's so good. I'm going to dig it up and uh, I'm going to put it in the show notes so people can if they if you haven't seen it, then then you'll uh then you'll need to to go see it. I'm making a note here so I don't forget to look it up and put it in the yeah. notes. Um but yeah, like sorry, you said you had a question. Did I? Oh, I thought you said you had, oh, maybe it was about the meme and we talked about the meme, but um yeah, yeah Seth, he's in the game. Uh, and he's a four-star unit, so obvious. And then, as you said, he'll go to a three-four star uh, after this banner's well, over. I don't remember the exact wording. You might have been misremembering when I was talking about the meme. Was like it was based off of, uh, you know, a regular quote. Especially if you were not playing the Crimson Flower route, where each week, month you'd get a task from Sedith, and you'd be like, "I have a favor to ask of you." As his initial statement. Yeah, I thought he did yeah. that a bunch in. In, in so the game, in the that's where the meme came off of. Oh yes, yes. So, no, I knew, I knew that for sure. But I just remember my first, the, the interaction yeah. with the meme, the McDonald's one was. Is yeah, my, but is that might have been the that might have been where you thought it was saying, asking about a question or commenting about a question. It's just, I, I don't know if the meme was ever called that per se, but that was more or less the initial basis for the meme. Mm-hmm. Well, we also have Shamir Archer apart. Shamir hails from Dagda, a land far to the west of Fodlan. She once worked in her homeland as a mercenary, but a failed war uh, meant that she could never return home again. It was Rhea who took Shamir in during her plight. Ever since then, Shamir has taken charge of intelligence operations for the Knights of Saros. Shamir is a green bow infantry who wields the survivalist bow that accelerates special trigger, cooldown count minus one, and if unit is not adjacent to an ally, grants attack. Slash speed plus six during combat, and also if foe's HP is greater than or equal to eighty percent at start of combat, foe cannot counterattack. She has one new skill in the C slot called Rouse Attack Slash Speed Three, where at start of turn, if unit is um, adjacent to an ally, or yeah, sorry, adjacent to an ally grants attack slash speed plus six to unit for one turn. Rounding out her kit is Moonbow as a special attack slash speed solo four in the A slot. And null follow up three in the B slot, so I, I think that's a pretty, like just off the top of just you know reading this out. That sounds like a pretty good kit. Like a you're gonna want to keep her separate from the pack. It sounds like for her to be able to take advantage of her. Um, yes, uh, and that last skill, the new skill, is not adjacent to an ally. You okay. initially said adjacent. You had oh, I skipped adjacent. a line. Yeah, it's yep. not adjacent to an ally. So even more. I think you just skip the word and then th- realize you had made a mistake and then <laughs> missed the mistake when you were like, when you were looking back. <laughs> yeah, where am I? So, what year is it? Um, yeah, no. So, again, like a, a hero that's going to benefit from being out on her own. And uh, that kind of fits with her sort of character. She feels very, she's very guarded. She, she's very, very much keeps to herself. Like she does her job in the game and uh yeah. yeah she has that mercenary mindset and but you know Rhea or the church did you know enough for her that she is willing to serve them but she's not you know in debt to them that she's gonna give her life for them type thing you know mm-hmm. um now the thing about her being banned as her from Dagda because of the failed war is that in the game that I'm 
and forgetting about or missing? Was it I, somewhere in the Sharina notes or? It's in the Sharina notes. Um, okay. I don't know if she she's banned, but she was unable to return. It, it seems to me like I was able to recruit her and bring her on. She does mention her past in Dagda, and I think really what happened was maybe something happened in her homeland. I I don't know for sure what it's it just, was. My understanding, and I could be misremembering from the game, was that you know where she was when the war ended, it was not feasible for her to get home. So she was kind of trapped in Fodlin with no real way to get home, had been on the losing side and did not feel secure in traveling home. But if she's actually banned or, you know, not allowed to return home because Tagda has weird rules that if you lose in a war, you can't come home, which means I guess they got to kick everyone in the country out Uh... because they lost the war against Fodlin. But... I'm trying to find sort of the the reason. That's fine. That was just a weird comment that, you know, threw me off because I thought, well, she could if she wanted to. And I think there's even talk of at some point her going there with maybe with Catherine or other people after everything's done. You know? Yeah, I can't. I'm not I'm not seeing it. But I mean, you're right like that. I'm not it, saying you're wrong. I but I don't know if you're right or not. So. I have no idea. I, I my experience with Shamir is that um, she very much couldn't return home. I I can't remember if she sort of explained why she couldn't return home, but she was very open to the fact that I can't go back to okay to Dagda, right? Um, but why she like? Yeah, you might be right. I could be misremembering. I thought it was uh, she didn't care. She wasn't so set that she had to go back to her homeland. Yeah, she and didn't she was seem quite to care. fine just staying and working where she was. And if, you know, her mercenary work took her back to Dagda, so be it. If it never took her back to Dagda, she was fine with that too. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think she cared. Like that was another yeah. thing that kind of came off of them. maybe if you dug a bit you'd find out more, but from from the experience yeah. that I had her conversations like she just didn't care. I'm sure it's something that comes up in like support conversations, Probably. you know, as you get closer to her, because it doesn't seem like she would share that information unless you did. Oh yeah, get a get an A it's rank. It's been a while since I've done her, listen to her support conversations. So yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while for me as well. Wow. But we will be getting back to it in in a few short wow. months. There's not much time left until 2021, Eddie. No, almost but, there. <laughs> yep. Now, someone who I never had any support conversations with. Uh, never really even encountered him in my playthrough of the game, would be Nemesis, the King of the Liberation, our bound hero battle, or grand hero battle unit for the banner, or the group, yeah, for the banner. Uh, One of the heroes granted power by the goddess, Nemesis, was hailed as the King of Liberation until that power went to his head, and he killed the very goddess that granted him power, sparking Saros to launch the holy war that ended with his death uh, for what he had done. He appears as the Grand Hero Battle Unit for this banner as a Red Sword Infantry Unit. At five stars, his weapon, the Dark Creator S, grants defense plus three and boosts his attack and defense up to six based on the number of allies with more than 90% or with 90% health or more uh, times two. Uh, it also uses that same 90% health or more. Uh, calculation to give him a damage reduction during his first combat of each, fa- of each phase, player and 
opponent and enemy, uh, which caps out at 45%, uh, using 15 times the number of allies with the health greater or equal to 90%. Uh, the damage reduction the damage reduction is during combat and for AoE specials, excluding worker specials, of course. As the Grand Hero Battle Unit, he has no new skills, but does have Dragon Fang, Chill Attack, and Savage Blow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this. his I, I think I said this last week, but his artwork is just fantastic. Like uh, From a grand, oh, yeah. uh, grand Hero Battle perspective, this is top-notch stuff that they've done here, I think, personally. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't know a whole lot about him. I mean, he, he obviously, he obviously comes up very early on. And as you were, you were saying when, when I, when I've talked to him, talked to him about, talked about him at the beginning of the show, like he's not, he's not a great dude. Like he was given all this power to kill. To, I mean, he was given all this power by one God to kill a bunch of other gods. And then he turned on that God. Like what, I mean, what did we think was going to happen? But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And from what I understand, whether justified or not, he did have his reasoning. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you agree with his decision or not. But I mean, that's one of the confusing things about the game that was never fully or well explained, in my opinion. But, no, there's a lot about Three Houses that leaves it leaves holes on purpose. And they're not necessarily holes, oh, yeah. they're just gaps. You know, it, they're not... They're, they're gaps that can be filled through sort of connecting dots. They're not holes in the sense of like, well, we don't yeah. know what to put here. You know, like everything kind of what I understand, a lot of the dots that connect to him uh, can be found in the route that's currently in the lead. So if nothing changes, we might end up finding out a bunch of those dots Ooh. come next year. And it is odd, like with Three Houses, how when they first announced it, it was like, oh, there's going to be four different routes and and you and you think mac to fates and it's like oh more fire emblems like that didn't quite work out for fates but with three houses it it was an interesting gamble to go back to that premise and they really did deliver like if you want the whole story you're gonna have to play all four routes and yeah it's not even it's kind of weird in that it's not even the whole story you're actually seeing three different three or four different stories depending on what route you take yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're seeing three or four different stories, but those three or four different stories that lead in very different ending lead to very different endings are still filling in the backstory that affects sure. all four, right? So it's kind sure. of a really neat and I would love to see the design board of like their story structure and how it would just be really cool to see that laid out and, and how they kind of connect all those dots and well, how do we reveal this detail? Well, let's put that detail in this route because it makes sense since it's connected to this specific empire. And um, yep. the fact that you mentioned Nemesis is kind of explored a bit more in in uh, Claude's route. Like, that, that is exciting. So, uh, And I think another thing is, you know, the characters were better, I think, in Three Houses. Yes. Or their justifications were better. I mean, I agree with that for we, sure. We tried to play through Con- Fate's Conquest, and we had to stop because the reasoning and justification for what was happening there was so horrible, in my opinion, that I just could not keep doing it. It's like, yeah, we called it. And the, and the crazy part about that is uh, when you look at you look at Edelgard's route, 
uh, specifically the church route. Like it's very similar in in its war path to conquest, in that you are you are on the war path, and it it works for that for that route, right? But it it fell flat um, for uh, for conquest. It was it's it it's it works because of Edel Edelgard. Yeah, well, it works because of the characters, you know, like you said, right? like. Edelgard is not evil. You know, no matter how, how you cut it, even though she is sort of the villain of two routes, she is not evil. She wants good things for the people of Foden. Just her way of going about of it and her viewpoint is kind of contrary to everyone else's viewpoint and feelings of how to go about it. You know? Mm-hmm. Whereas Garon was evil. And while your siblings in Fates were not evil, you're following Garon's orders in Conquest, not their orders. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, I, I feel you on that. And uh, you're right. It's definitely coming down. It comes down to the characters. And I think Three Houses was just... The way they developed Three Houses in the sense that, and a lot of people might not know this, but the way they developed it was Intelligent Systems designed all the characters, all the story. They pieced together all the lore and story and interactions, and then they they gave all of that and worked very closely with Koei Tecmo to do all of the programming and implementation. So on one side, you've got Intelligent Systems is very good at crafting these Fire Emblem stories, for the most part. Uh, you then hand it to um, a great team at Koei Tecmo to kind of put that together into a game. They're already familiar with Fire Emblem with their work on on Fire Emblem Warriors. So, and it's actually the same engine, heavily modified. So it's a really cool collaboration that Nintendo has been doing a lot more of these days. I mean, look at Smash with, uh, you know, being developed by um, a somewhat connected you know satellite office with sora developed by namco heavily you know influenced by nintendo itself so it's kind of like a partnership and then that's not even including all of the additional um companies they involve with all the characters so it's i really like the way you know nintendo's approached development on these you know as we moved into the hd realm it took them some time don't get me wrong to kind of mm-hmm work through those growing pains i mean that's the reason we didn't get a fire emblem on the wii u at least a traditional one a lot of franchises skipped the wii u just due to the uh the trouble they had with with adapting to hd wasn't but... wasn't radiant dawn wii u no that was wii okay yeah wasn't it it was gamecube and wii the the Tellius series you, you might be right it's been so long yeah wii u saw a lot of uh a lot of funny enough a lot of <laughs> A lot of franchises skipping the system. Um, the one that didn't, though, was weird. It was and uh, most of the ones that didn't skip have since relaunched for or re-released for the Wii. Yeah, or Switch. I mean, yeah, even Pikmin. But, so I love me some Pikmin. So I'm glad speak, that, that. Speaking of collaborations, yes, we do yeah. have another one coming up here in early November. We got an announcement on that one in November. Yes, we have Resplendent Marth, who is arriving in November, as you said, and he is decked out in Askrin-style clothing. will arrive to Faye Pass subscribers on November 10th, and uh, kind of fitting, not that, I don't want to move on too quickly, because I do want to talk about this, about how he looks, excuse me, how he looks and stuff, but 
Um, we're getting Kata or Sita, sorry, Kata. I know this. We've 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 already discussed this. Uh Sita's coming uh very soon mm-hmm. and uh Marth right after, very fitting because we have some news to discuss before Game Club that fits right in with those two characters getting a a resplendent redo. Um but that's a little tease. Eddie, how do you feel about this this artwork? It's um I'd say it's like it's it's a straight up mashup between Askrin and Marth's original sort of look yeah. with the cape. It's really cool. I think it looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's kind of wild. The dark blues that match his hair and the red of the his not original outfits. You know, those that match his original outfits are woven very nicely with the Askrin white and gold. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I think this is definitely one of their better mixes. Yeah, I I really I mean, prefer when if they anything's do that. a little weird, and I know it's just part of the Askren aesthetic is the little wing thing around his back neck, back of his neck. Oh yeah, I know that's just kind of something they do, but it just comes off a little weird to me. <laughs> it is a it's little hard weird. to really describe. Uh, it, Any better than that? Yeah, like what is it? It's like an extended shoulder uh pauldron is that what they're called yeah, it's Pauldrons? like his his right pauldron just flares off heavily behind his neck i guess it protects the back of his neck if someone wants to try and strike him there but yeah well how i mean fire Emblem heroes it doesn't happen very often no one really gets hit in the back of the head but um yeah i mean hey he'll be he'll be glad when he does i guess if he does get a blow to the blow to the back but you're right it is kind of weird now that i'm looking i mean it's not a deal breaker by any means but it is Oh no i think it looks really good it looks cool but it is odd like he's got like one giant pauldron and one little you know normal sized pauldron but um and i mean it is fitting to give him a nice uh new updo since it is the 30th anniversary of the series and you know that's all we're getting other than the ones earlier right Nothing else for the 30th anniversary this year. No, we are going to move straight into Game Club, even though I did tease, but we're not. To- no, I'm just kidding. Let's uh, let's talk about it. this is big news. This is huge for not only Fire Emblem, but Nintendo as well. Um, Eddie, I, I, I mean, this is, as, as I said, this is huge. I, I realize I gave this to myself. So Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light will be fully localized and released with an anniversary edition on December 4th. Um, I'll just go through like the bare minimum details and then we can discuss it. December 4th, you can pre-order the digital edition, which is a six, uh, $5.99 US purchase, which is the uh, NES uh, version of the game uh, that will run in your Switch. Heavily modified, obviously, not just the English, you know, uh, you know, the localization, but there's some other features. But you can also pick up a $50 US anniversary edition that con- includes a bunch of stuff including a digital sort of download code um i mean what do you want to what do you want to chew on first here like do you want to talk about the the just the game itself first or do you want to go into this anniversary collection because there's a lot of stuff let's go and start with the game so this is the original game original art original 8-bit graphics however they are adding a rewind feature similar to uh, and I don't know if there's limits, but similar to uh, the thing in Valentia and Sothis' oh, yeah, Power. The, 
Um, in three houses. Miller's turn wheel. Go back turns. Miller's turn wheel and. Uh, I don't know. I what forget the name of the three houses version. Time travel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Time times but, touch. I don't know. They're adding the ability to rewind to previous turns. Uh, they're also adding other kind of quality of life where you can like tell it to, uh, like in Fire Emblem Heroes, where you can tell it to skip animations. You can have it do that, fast forwarding through player and enemy actions. You can also create and load bookmarks. Uh, if I recall correctly, it looks like you can do it just about anywhere and as many as you want, or maybe it's one at a time type thing. Uh, can't remember the exact details on how the book- bookmark feature worked. The fact that they're adding this stuff, it's it's a, it's a really great addition. Um, the the it, but here's the thing: it's very similar. It's not the exact same, but it's very similar to how the Nintendo Online stuff works. In that you can rewind, um, but it's it's finite, right? Like it's not something that you're doing. Uh, you're you're doing it frame by frame is probably the best way to put it, as opposed to what this is doing, which is turn by turn, which is the Fire Emblem implementa- implementation. Um, yeah, so th- yeah, I haven't really done many of the Nintendo online things. So. Yeah, it's it's very frame based. Like that's the easiest way to to, to describe it. Um, but uh, it's not. Yeah, it's frame based in that you hit the rewind button, you can literally move back uh, snippets of time. Whereas okay. this is very much locked into Fire Emblem that like you can go back a turn or two or three turns and fast forwarding you know player actions like that's that's legit work done to the game that isn't just available in the way it's emulated in the nintendo online if that makes sense like it's kind of justifying the six dollar purchase um which i think is a steal like from an nes game perspective i think the wii u nes games were around that price i think they might have even been more expensive they might have been eight dollars can yeah i don't know they were they were were not cheap yeah yep but yeah. uh yeah uh but six dollars is a pretty good price for a old game uh with some new features however as ryan alluded to there is a special anniversary collector's edition that with a lot more for fifty dollars so a bit more expensive however for that uh you get a digital code for the game so if you're buying the special collector's edition don't buy the game unless you want to give someone else a free code. You also get a Legend of Arcania Deluxe Art Book. It's be a nice big, uh, what does it say, 200-some-odd page? Mm-hmm. 222-page hard book yeah. art book. That's a weird thing. Art- say it. Yeah. Uh, you also get a, uh, looks like it might be glass, but it might just be plastic, replica game cartridge of the original NES cartridge. Uh, now when I originally saw it, I, you know, because it sits in a void, I thought it was smaller, but it actually looks like it might be full size cartridge, uh, along with a old fashioned Nintendo NES cartridge sleeve and a replica game box, including an instruction booklet, protective sleeve, world map, and all of this will be localized completely for you. As well as a mini Nintendo Power Retro Collectible. Oh man, this this looks so cool! I okay. So when I originally saw this pop up, I'm like, "Wow, we have not gotten something like this for Fire Emblem." Um, 
well, specifically a collector's edition for the anniversary we have not got ever. Um, obviously, we've had collector's editions for Three Houses and, and other Fire Emblem entries, but this feels like a true sort of callback and really gives us North American players the ability to experience a lot of missed opportunity. Like we didn't get to play the game. We didn't get to experience like the manual, the art, the, 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 the mini cartridges. I love the fact that they're including like one of those like plastic black sleeves for the, for the cartridge. That is so cool. Uh, but I missed my chance to pre-order there. Were the, I was streaming yesterday for extra life and there was a note that went out on discord that the Canadian pre-orders opened on Best Buy. And and I missed it. Now, there were obviously other opportunities for me to get it. You know, I think EB Games was doing, you could do call-ins. Uh, but I'm, I wasn't sure if I wanted it. But now that I'm like looking at it like closely, I'm I'm thinking this might be something, this might be something I want. I don't know. It. Well, yep. I caught the note in Discord and about the Canadian version. Uh, after they had already said it was sold out on Canada, I checked the US Best Buy page and it said it was still available for pre-order however i hesitated i wasn't sure i was definitely wanted to get it and when i decided you know what i'm gonna go ahead and pre-order it it wasn't available anymore no i went ahead and checked the gamestop which is the u.s version of eb games website and it wasn't available online either however i ran out today and i ended up picking it up uh through the actual store near me so I have it pre-ordered, and we'll get it. Should get it on the fourth. So we'll report back on it when it comes in. Exciting stuff! Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. You can pick up a fully localized version either through the collector's edition or just the digital game on December fourth. Um, I will say this, Eddie, and I don't know if you'll echo this this sentiment, but if you want Nintendo to do more of this stuff, uh, I think it's it's critical to support it in some way and not just by not 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 just by buying it you you don't have to necessarily buy it to support it even just publicly stating that this is something you would like to see more of i realize telling people to go out and buy something during a pandemic it's not necessarily something they absolutely need but um uh it's it's a really cool thing and yeah i don't know what do you think things i want them to do more of this i want to see Mr. of the Emblem, fully localized, uh, so we can actually see what that game was. Um, I'd love to s- for them to continue the echoes, continue the echoes line, and release uh, FE4 over here in mm-hmm. America, in the U.S. or localized for Western audiences. Uh, five as well, you know, in six. This but, is a good sort of sign that they're at least willing to look at it as, as yeah. some, like localize it. I think. I mean, the biggest downside of this is the same as the Mario stuff in that it oh, yeah. expires on the thirty first of twenty twenty one. So if yes. you want to make sure you grab it before the end of March, because they're doing the weird illogical scarcity nonsense with it. Yeah, and I and I can see like saying, "Hey, the collector's edition will only be available, and it's not only going to be available till March thirty first. I think there will be initial stock, and and you'll be done. I'll be surprised to see if they actually restock it between now and the end of March. But the digital version, 
Yeah, I don't. I think the scarcity thing. Like, I really hope Nintendo changes their tune on that. I don't mm-hmm. understand it, and that's why I didn't want to say like, go out and buy this now because it's expiring in March. Um, I think, I I think that part of this is stupid. But if we do want to see more of it, we need to support it in some way. And even just saying, hey, we really like this idea. Hate the fact that you're going to tear it away from our purchasing hands. Um, oh, yeah, I love the idea, but I understand how. Some people might not be interested. They didn't like Shadow Dragon, and this is the less advanced version of Shadow Dragon. Yeah. Because that's what this is. This is the original game. I think even with the additions, which the turn rewind is nice. I'm glad it'll be there. And the other bookmarks and other options are really nice. But as far as I'm aware, they don't actually change anything of the actual game. These are add-on things. Uh-huh. You know? So, yeah, well, it's just um, we'll see. A lot of people have obviously commented on the fact that March 31st is end of fiscal for companies like Nintendo, creating this artificial oh. scarcity and then maybe pulling the rug out, saying, like, ah, you know, it's not really going away. We're going to extend it. Uh, um, I can date, see that argument. The too. date that they say they're stopping it, that's whatever. It's just the fact that they're putting a random scarcity on it, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I get that part of it, but I know a lot. I've seen some comments that stating March thirty first drives people to buy it before end of fiscal, which allows the company to have maybe in the case of this game, not necessarily a stronger fiscal year, but the Mario stuff. I can, I can totally see that argument, and it is, it is, it's so, silly across the board. Really, Mario stuff feels stupid and pointless. This one feels like a proof of concept. Yeah, I think. Because you know, Fire Emblem hasn't had any of this stuff, but even if it's Fire a proof Emblem concept, a, like had a far more rocky uh, existence in the West. Uh, Three houses, as far as I'm aware, where did really good for them. Um, but I could see Nintendo execs being gun shy, so they're like, "Go ahead and put this out, but only till March." And it, you know, if it until the end of the fiscal year, and if it does well enough, we'll consider doing more. And I hope it does well enough to for them to consider doing more. But exactly, Viva C. We will I mean, see. Yeah. The collector's edition sold out pretty quickly, so hopefully it'll do well. Yeah, we don't know how many there were, but they did sell out online pretty quickly. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> my wife is texting me. She's trying to watch Netflix and she can't get the TV to work, so it's really it's really distracting. <laughs> Um, we, we have one more segment for you tonight, folks, and that is the game club. Uh, we are going to be talking about or continuing our adventures in Fire Emblem Blazing Blade, the Lynn route with chapter three. Ooh. Okay. Not sure what it that wasn't really spooky. It was about. That's but... almost Halloween. <laughs> okay, sure. Well, the spooky, spooky chapter we open making our way through the mountains that bordered Sasei. And find a village destroyed that was destroyed by the bandits who destroyed Lin's tribe. Little bit of reading that out now, it sounds saying the same word a lot of in that short sentence. <laughs> uh, as we travel the area, we bump into Lin's friend and Pegasus Knight in training, Florina. As she is being harassed by band- some bandits she accidentally landed on with her Pegasus. Uh, the chapter starts as a bunch more bandits flood out from the surrounding area. As with most chapters so far in Lin's Route, and probably most of the chapters we go through in Lin's Route, 
This one starts off with a short tutorial. This one teaching you about villages and visiting them, uh, as well as uh, when you visit the first village, it introduces you to Will, who is an archer who joins your team. Uh, so it also quickly teaches you about archers and Pegasus Knights and their special abilities and features, uh, as well as um, in the start of the second round, it tells you about flyers and their weakness to bows. Uh, you know, if you're new to Fire Emblem, this is very useful and helpful information for those of us who have played through many, many, many versions of the game already know all about all this, but it's useful and helpful. Uh, if you do visit the second village, uh, which I swung by with Florina, uh, you get 2,000 gold and learn about weapon durability. As you fight through the map toward, uh, towards the bandit leader, uh, when you fight him, he refuses to listen to reason, uh, but does, in the discussion, admit to not being of the same bandit group that destroyed Lin's village. Uh, that bandit group is a bunch of heathens and evil people because they kill women instead of selling them off. Seems kind of, you know, picking, picking nits on both, both groups being quite evil. Upon defeat, we find out that Florina was looking for Lynn because in order to become a Pegasus, Pegasus Knight of Ilya, she must join a band of mercenaries. And she wanted to talk to Lynn before she did so. Fearing her dream to be out of reach due to her fear of men, Sing com comes up with the idea of treating the group as a mercenary band, which would allow Florina to get her training in and... So, uh, as such, Lindis's legion is born. Did it. Yep. Um, this is very much still tutorial town, and I mean, we keep oh, saying yeah. like maybe next chapter, but uh, I'm I'm just gonna throw I, it out there. Probably I the think, next chapter is more tutorial. Uh, next chapter, if I recall correctly, and I think we kind of checked on this, is the chapter where it gives you a short tutorial about talking to enemies to recruit them. Um, I think. Maybe chapter 9 or 10 will not be tutorial, but I think there is some degree of tutorial throughout the entire Lin route. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to be dealing with it for the remainder of, uh, of said uh, game club. But I, I think this chapter, even though, even though it, it, is, it is tutorial heavy, this chapter is interesting because I do remember Florina and Lin's relationship throughout this game and them having a, a really strong friend trip, friendship and uh her her landing on people with her pegasus or her her clumsiness with her pegasus it it happens a lot i think it's a play through the entire game um mm -hmm. the fact that she lands on these bandits and they just happen to be bad people so it kind of works out in her favor i should say maybe yeah I maybe mean, not <laughs> i don't know but you um, argue whether it worked out in her favor it you know, if Lynn hadn't shown up, it probably would not have worked out in no. her favor. But true, but I think like the fact that if you're going to land on someone with your Pegasus, it might as well be the bad guys, right? True. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I ride my Pegasus. If I were to somehow get one, um, I'd be like, just make sure you land on the bad guys. I really like this chapter. You, you like Will shows up out of the blue, so you get Will the Archer. Um, yeah. He's just like, hey, how's it going? And he's happy to help with uh, you know with killing these bandits. And uh, he kind of sticks around, but... Um, yeah, if anything, it seems like maybe he got robbed by the bandits, but was in the village when the bandits showed up and 
is trying to help them protect against the bandits. So when you show up, he comes to talk to you, just try and chase you away because he thinks you're more bandits and ends up joining up with you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of how it felt when in the chapter. Yeah. But I, I, I liked it. It was a, it, the, the maps are starting to expand a little bit more. There's, um, there's still some force tutorial, as we said, but they, the maps are expanding. We're getting more enemy units to take on. And I'm really starting to feel, I think I had my first character death where I had to reload, um, a bookmark that I'd said I'm playing on the Wii U. Uh, Lynn died. She got caught out with a couple of bandits and, uh, yeah. So we're starting to get to that point where the game is getting a little more complex. Not so much that we can't do this in our sleep. As you said, we've played plenty of Fire Emblem games. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm digging Lynn, it. Lynn wanted to go play with the bandits, but she couldn't get there in time. Uh, I can't remember if it was Kent or Sane was too busy chopping them all to pieces. Yeah, Kent, you got to be careful with those knights. Uh, I think one of them, Kent, is it Kent? The is the is the serious guy, or is it Sane? Yeah, Kent's the serious one. Sane's the flirt. I think Kent's a bit of a powerhouse if you let him sort of go wild. But uh, I think the reason Lynn had had gotten caught off guard is I didn't have the Manny Kati uh, equipped. So she had her iron sword and that kind of put her at a little bit of a disadvantage, but I did quickly sort of sort things out and uh, quickly dispatched the bandits. I mean, there's also some tutorial here for the armory. Uh, you can only buy iron swords and iron lances. So I didn't, I didn't spend a bunch of money on it. I think I bought one of each just to have sort of an extra line around, but I, I didn't completely forgot to go buy the armory. But yeah, when you open the village, go to the second village when they, give you the 2000 they tell you about weapon durability and the armory being down in the corner Mm -hmm. but like so far the first tutorial is either certain points like if you didn't visit that second village in time you probably you might not have gotten the weapon durability or they would have put it at the end or something i don't know um but like uh you know it's just the first turn they give you an explanation maybe have you control do something with one or two characters like they forced me to have will and florina take care of one of the guys who was on the edge of a wall because to show you will's ability to shoot through walls that people can't are too tall for people to climb over Mm -hmm. yet he can shoot his arrows through them over Um, them or florina's ability uh well still shooting over him he can't see the guy (laughs) he's shooting at Sometimes you just got to go with Lady Luck, you know? Yeah. Or Florina's ability to fly over, you know, fly over almost any terrain. So it was very minimal tutorial, and it was like only the first three turns of the first turn, you know, or first three movements of the first turn. Mm -hmm. So. No, I I dug it. I'm I'm looking forward to, like I said, this game is um, my first Fire Emblem. I love it to bits. So playing it again uh, has been, uh, it's been a blast, even if we are still in tutorial mode. And and I mean, the plan is to revisit Blazing Blade at some point after our uh, three houses in when we start that in 2021. Uh, and I can't wait because I, I love this game. It's, it, I, I, it's one of my favorites in the franchise, if not the, the f- classic favorite, I'll say. Um, there's been yeah, some newer things, ones that have been Things really might fun. change between now and then, but the current plan is after we do whatever route wins the poll of three houses, we'd go back to Blazing Blade and do Ellywood's route. 
Mm -hmm. Good stuff. And I mean, as you mentioned, with Extra Life, uh, we are currently, uh, sorry, we currently have Verdant Wind in the lead with three votes. It's not hard to vote. You have until the end of December 31st. And if you donate to our Extra Life campaign, $10 or more gets you a vote for our 2021 game club, which is the root for three houses. That's right. Uh, you can stack your votes. You can go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan, and you can donate there and let us know which route we should play when we kick off 2021's first game club. And a bit of a special announcement. We did promise details, and we have some starter details. We are calling it, or I'm coining it until we come up with a better name, A Very Fire Emblem Extra Life. It is going to be a uh, streamed special November 28th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, and it's going to feature uh, Summoner's Call and Two Lords Without Swords joining joining up to do a special episode where we look at the state of Fae and we'll discuss sort of more topics and stuff as we go as we have more details sorted out. But after that special is recorded, we'll head straight into some video games. Um, the I think the idea of it being a very Fire Emblem Extra Life is because it's a couple Fire Emblem podcasts coming together. I don't think we're actually going to play Fire Emblem. We're probably going to be playing some fun multiplayer games. Um, we'll have more information. I don't think there are any four-player Fire Emblem games out there. I don't think even Warriors allowed up to four. Yeah. I was more just getting ahead of like, and we're all going to go our separate ways and play some Fire Emblem. It would be really uh, defeat the purpose of, of joining forces and having some fun together. We'll... We'll figure out some games. Uh, now that we have a date and time, games will be the next thing we for- sort out, and we'll make sure we have something that can include our lovely listenership to join us. But uh, you can definitely bookmark November 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash RyanMurphyCA, uh, where we will be streaming our... Uh, well, I'll, I'll be streaming the, the festivities. We'll have more locations for you to check out as we sort those out. But uh, we're really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, November 28th. Add it to your schedule. Eddie, that is a show. We did it. We got through it. We had some big news this week, but we survived. Uh, are you ready to, to jet on out? Are you ready to get the jetpack on? There's no jetpack in Fire Emblem, is there? I don't know why I went with jetpack. Not that I'm aware of, but... Hop on your Pegasus and one. try to land on the bad guys. That's, that'll be our, that'll be our <laughs> segue. Uh, you can uh, visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, Faye at GamersInPodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers In Discord, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. If you have any fun ideas for games we should play on a very Fire Emblem Extra Life that can involve our communities, certainly uh, drop it in the channel. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at rmurphy, Eddie at Tralfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.